Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with the one and only Greg Foss, and he was the perfect guest to have back on. By the way, he has been on multiple times. He's definitely a friend of the show, and he was the perfect guest for today because it's the day after that we held uh, a networking bonanza at Rockstar. So we, there was about, I think it was about 600 people or so that we had registered uh, to come out. Uh, my voice is a little raspy. I'm a little bit beat down from that. It was a lot of fun last night. So Greg definitely carried the show. I tried Tried to toss some questions at him that he hadn't been asked before, asking, asking him some different things, threw in some current events. He shared some new information and some new stories of his past career that I had never heard before. So it's a bit of a meandering conversation with a lot of Bitcoin talk mixed in. I just love what he's doing to elevate the conversation and get people thinking about not only macroeconomics, but kind of doing deep dives on how the banking system works and what role a sound hard money like Bitcoin can play in this world and how to fit it in, in into your life, lives, life, lives. I'm struggling this morning. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. So um, that's what we have going on in this episode. And if you are not following him on Twitter yet, he's a great follow. Uh, follow. His Twitter handle is at Foss Greg Foss. So that's at Foss Greg Foss. Nick and I are both on Twitter as well. You can track us down just with our names, Tom Kradza and Nick Kradza. And if you are listening to this particular episode and you happen to be in the greater Toronto Golden Horseshoe area and you want to add some hard assets that are not Bitcoin to your life, something like a good rental property in an area like this area that has the craziest fundamentals that you can ever imagine between supply and demand, you can come and join us at our next introductory training class by saving yourself a spot by visiting CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. It's about a 60-minute class where we go through all the latest real estate strategies that we're working with investors. We stick around, do a wide-open Q&A. You can ask us questions and challenge us about interest rates and anything that comes to mind, what strategies are working and not working. Um, get your questions answered about this space. Definitely, we are trying to share information to educate people on the purpose of owning hard assets in your life. That's it for this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. So we are live with Greg Foss and hey. Nicholas Alexander Kradza. Um, why, why? Why is this just just? Oh, just uh, I was skiing out in uh, in Whistler, and my buddy that I ski with, he's an old Montrealer, and both of us were uh, huffing and puffing, and we're like, you know, this is embarrassing because we are pretty. You know, young, we were, well, we were pretty skiing. young. We were, well, no, we used to be pretty good when we were young and we're skiing with an Olympic skier. This guy, Justin Dory. Have you, have you heard of him? No, actually, I wanted you to do this. Put this on. Are you good enough to put this on right now for your, for your, your, uh, call, look up Justin Dory crashes. Okay, give me a okay? second. I got yeah. it set up. I'll get it. I'll so get this guy's a Bitcoiner and he used to, he, his wife and him were in the Sochi Olympics and they've both won gold medals in, uh, Ski, ski cross competition. Okay, so pull this guy up. You'll see on Instagram, yeah. Justin Dory crashes. D-O-R-E-Y. Okay. Justin Dory crashes. Have you see it there? Not yet. Hold on and then I'll put it up. Is it all one word? Oh, Justin Dory. No, it's just like, you know, Justin is first le name and then space Dory. D-O-R-E-Y and then space crashes. 
and it should be an Instagram um, oh, God. post or YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Now, just watch this thing, you guys. Hold on. So this is who I'm skiing with. In Ski cross. That's when they're all going no, down. No, no. Actually, so I said it wrong. He's oh. in the he's in the half pipe and he's on two skis. Oh, God. In it. a half got pipe. It. Okay. Now, just watch this. Okay. Hold on. I think I got it. Justin Dory. Well, there's a couple videos. Hold on. Hold yeah, on. but this one is. Yeah, so the top one. This Play one? the top one. Play the top one. And we had something almost horrific happening. Almost horrific is right. Watch this. Watch this. Yeah, coming in on the switch. Double flat spin. Justin catching. Oh. Now watch it in slow motion, though. It's actually, it's disgusting. He hit his Just head. watch, just watch, just watch. Watch this in slow motion. He looks like a rag doll. So if you're just listening, just watch, just watch. Oh, that you can't see this on the on the tape. No, if they're in their car. They oh, in the car. Okay, okay. But just watch, just watch. Look at this. Now watch when he hits the edge, fellas. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, is that sick or what? Okay, so I'm skiing with him in Whistler. This guy. Well, for is, anyone, just for anyone listening, just to give them context, that he hit the half of the the top of the half pipe. Uh, right about hip level and, and then his yeah. back just bent sideways like a rag doll oh. and his head smashed off the and side he's eight, after doing a double flip right yeah. so he does a double flip and he, he doesn't laugh anyway we're skiing with this guy in whistler now this guy is hot. i'm hoping you're doing some tricks i uh, would well, not even close <laughs> but here's the thing i mean we're following him but it's like the guy is just outrageous and uh, both my my buddy and and me go like uh uh, this is embarrassing, right? But he's like half our age, first of all, and he's a better skier than we've ever been in our lives. But we're like, and we're like, you know what? We just drink too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Otherwise, we'd be really good. So, uh, so, so that's it. Both of us went cold turkey, and uh, and and we're now we're now. I'm 12 days into. But what are we? We're in May. Are you going to be skiing again this year? No, but I just want to prove to myself oh. I can do it because I don't think I've gone a full week without drinking in probably 25 years. Yeah, got right? it. So now I'm going to try and do. 60 full days and I'm 12 days into it. We'll see how I get. Yeah, got it. I think I did five months after my first really? concussion. I had to after a concussion. Right. I just had to. And after five months, you feel pretty good. I'm not sure do, why you go back. I do three or four no, weeks after, after every summer because after every summer, I have to convince myself that I'm not dependent on it. I, <laughs> I spend so many times on patios having enjoying a couple of glasses of it's wine. It's socially, even if right, as long not. as it's only a couple of glasses of wine. It's when you're into like you, you've had a bottle of wine and you're just like, oh, I just need one more yeah. nightcap or whatever. Like, <laughs> I've, no, I've learned that, that that last drink that I used to want yeah. is always the one that makes me feel like complete crap the next oh, day. So I've, yeah. I, I, for the most part, that's been cut out of my life almost entirely. Yeah. But there have been times Attaboy. when I get together with, you know, like there's a couple people in the office or something oh, or yeah. out and somehow I get lured into something I don't yeah. want to be doing and that doesn't end well. But <laughs> that's okay. I mean, as long as you, so I was paddle boarding at 6 a.m. this morning as the sun came up. No way. Yeah. So it's just like, you know what? It, right on Lake Ontario. Yeah. Are you the only one out there? Uh, at that time, pretty well. But you got a wetsuit on it. No, 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 no. What? That's yeah, totally oh, what's fine. What's the temperature of the water? As long as you don't fall in, you don't care. I do it all year round, and I never wear more than booties. Come on. No, no, it's as long as you don't fall in. So just don't fall in. Everything's cool. Wow. So, yeah. So I was there, but my, the point my, my is, friend Dennis lives on your street now. I got to make the introduction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met him already. I'm, oh, have you? Yeah, okay. Good man. Yeah. Okay. Good guy. Good guy. Nice house that he built. Yeah. 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 Um, so the point is, when you're hung over... 
getting up at 6 a.m. to go paddling on the lake is not usually the first thing on your mind. But then, you know, when you're not, everything's cool, right? So anyway. I can't believe you do that on Lake Ontario. Is anyone else? As long as there's no waves, right? So, you know, when the lake is nice and glassy smooth, the the lake turns into an ocean when the wind blows from the east, which means there's a storm. There's like eight foot waves that are breaking. My kids surf on Lake Ontario. So you don't go out there then, but when it's calm, you just, you don't fall in. Yeah. Wow. Foss surprising me yet again. Uh-huh. So what, uh, uh, I want to talk to you about JP Morgan in a second, yep. regional banks. Actually, let's start there. So what's the, the we're recording this. This is uh, Wednesday. This is probably going to go out Friday in a couple days. Okay. So what, um, what do you, what are you seeing with the region, regional banks and where's JP Morgan in the year 2030? Okay. Well, okay. Let's start with what I see with the regional banks. Uh, I tweeted out this morning, this is may or may not be what you saw. And this is thanks to a really cool uh, report that I subscribe to called the bear traps report. This guy who publishes it, um, Larry, um, damn, I'm forgetting his second name, but he, he's under the Twitter symbol at convert bond. And he used to work at Lehman brothers during the collapse. Okay. So he's seen the inner workings of finance of, of wall street in the event of a collapse. Okay. Larry McDonald. Okay. So Larry McDonald, and he doesn't like Bitcoin, which is cool. Look, I I'm telling him he's wrong. And he says, Hey, Foss buddy, no, you're wrong. And I, I get along, you know, anyway, lead like not lead like report. Um, bear trap, bear, bear traps report. Excellent daily publication. It's not cheap. Um, he put out information today. He goes, the regional banks have lost 80% of their market cap down to a hundred billion dollars, which means they've lost 400 billion. Imagine if that money was properly invested in Bitcoin, as I say, uh, at the top of the market, obviously, um, but people that have been selling regional banks include Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger sold 42 million shares of U- U.S. Bank Corp., which is a super regional. It's the fifth largest bank in the USA. And um, they are saying they sold because they're concerned about commercial real estate. Commercial real estate, 50% of all commercial real estate loans are held by the regional banks in the USA. So uh, Bear Traps Report tweets out, Uh, the regional banks, publicly traded regional banks have lost 80% of their market cap down to $100 billion of combined market cap. JP Morgan will make $80 million of, sorry, $80 billion of net interest margin this year, which means in one and a half years, JP Morgan makes enough to buy all the regional banks by market cap. Okay, which is crazy, which gives you an idea of the difference, you know, in in, in relative size. And um, what does it mean? It means a couple of things. First of all, the regional banks are in trouble. Uh, Don't listen to me. Listen to uh, Charlie Munger, uh, who says the same thing. Listen to Dallas Fed governor or former Dallas Fed uh, governor uh, Kaplan, Robert Kaplan. I missed what he said. We're in the first couple of innings of this uh, of the regional banking crisis. So. I believe that's where we are. Where will JP Morgan be in 2030? So this is slightly an acceleration point on just the financial mess. It's not just acceleration. It's these things don't cleanse themselves quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone thinks it's over, including the idiot Jim Cramer, who says, I think First Republic Bank will mark the bottom of the regional banking <laughs> yeah. crisis. And that's what people hope. But that's not the way you cleanse a system that's over over levered, uh, which is the situation always, not just now, with 
commercial banking historically. It's just an over levered business. It's far more risky than people understand. As Henry Ford said over 100 years ago, if the average American understood how commercial banking worked, there'd be a revolution in the morning. So that hasn't changed. So the commercial banks are in trouble. JP Morgan is uh, given sweetheart deals to rescue some of them. Uh, they didn't buy First Republic. Uh, sorry, they didn't rescue First Republic. They rescued... Um, who did J.P. Morgan rescue? Was it Silvergate? No. Um, Silicon Valley Bank. No. Who did J.P. Morgan just go in and rescue? Yeah, you're right. Why is it, I am sleepy today. Um, was it First Republic? I forget. Uh, too many of these names bouncing around in my head. Um, but uh, they... they uh, yeah, it must have yeah, been First Republic. Yeah, it was Republic. First Republic. Yeah, it must they have been, bought yeah, most yeah. of the assets of okay, First Republic. Okay, but they didn't buy them. They were given them with a backstop. Okay, yeah. so the Fed, uh, the FDIC basically uh, backstopped the purchase. Mm -hmm. So they bought the assets for negative book value with a backstop by the Fed. The point is this. First Republic Bank, even at a, a market cap, um, uh, you know, of, of a billion dollars was overvalued by about 10 to $20 billion to the true value of the bank. When it finally traded by a regulatory uh, forced merger, uh, JP Morgan bought it for the equivalent of negative $10 billion. Meaning the FDIC gave them $10 billion to backstop sure. their purchase. So understand how that works, people. And it kind of makes perfect sense to me, though, because the regional Federal Reserve banks around the U.S. that are just placeholders, like they don't have a lot of authority, like St. Louis, the San Francisco, okay. all the different ones. My understanding from researching this years ago was that those are all privately owned by JP Morgan and some of the other banks. A so the bit. Federal Reserve in Washington yeah. is, is not, but the regional ones are. So if they are slightly, I don't know the percentage, but if they're owned by the biggest banks, yeah. then this to me is natural that the regional, uh, the Federal Reserve system would then just go in and say, okay, there's a bank problem. JP Morgan, you get it quote unquote for free Could or be. with some backstops yeah. because the system is- I'm not, so that that's I know, an area that, that, that I'm that, not, it, it makes sense to me. I'm no- I uh, wish I'm, I knew I'm more. No, I don't even care. Yeah, yeah, I don't even care. Like, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but why overthink things? I mean, it's yeah. there whether it's actually them orchestrating it or not. It's the only it's the only out. Here's the truth. The U.S. banking system is far too de decentralized. And now understand, I'm a huge decentralization fan, but banks are fucked. OK, and I can't say it in another way. What they actually need are some grownups in the room like J.P. Morgan to properly manage their risks. First Republic Bank brought this on themselves by poor risk management. They should have gone out of business. The executives that sold stock should have to repay that stock, in my opinion, but let's leave that alone. But centralization in banking actually makes sense. Look at the Canadian re uh, banking system. We have eight banks, essentially coast-to-coast -coast banks. Well, if the rule of 10 applied the rule of 10 being the USA is 10 times larger than Canada in population and GDP in lots of different things. Well, that would mean that the Canadian banking system, either it should, the US banking system should have 80 banks, right? 10 times eight, or the flip side is this. The USA currently has 4,000 banks. Well, then Canada should have 400. Mm. Which system works better? There's no question that the Canadian system works better, okay? Doesn't mean the Canadian banks are risk-free. 
But in terms of properly managing risk, having the tools to hedge the risks that they that all banks are exposed to, centralizing control and reducing overhead, meaning one loan officer at JP Morgan can take on the loan book of the loan officer at uh, First Republic Bank, and the loan officer at First Republic Bank is out of a job, which makes it more efficient. Mm-hmm. And the centralized control of risk makes it better managed rather than spreading that risk to a bunch of banks that don't know how to manage risk. Now, look, again, I am not a fan of banking and I'm certainly not a fan of centralization in general, but in this case, centralization of the biggest banks makes sense. So if you were put in charge of the U.S. banks or the Canadian banks right now, you pick what's the moves to continue the centralization of it? To try, It's the efficient outcome, even though it's over for them. Okay, look, I hate to say it like bank. You guys are done. It's over. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Because the world's become more risky you're undercapitalized eventually you're all going to need to be bailed out mm-hmm. and guess who will own the banks the government and guess how the government will pay for it by printing money so jp morgan the year 2030 no idea look at this point again here's just follow this trend when i graduated from school in the u.s in 1988 there were 15,000 banks in the u.s in 1980 yeah now there's under 5,000. So in the last 30 years, 10,000 banks have either merged or failed, and that trend will continue. Some people say there'll only be 400 banks in the USA. I think that's a, that is probably very predictable. I actually will go further, and I'll say there'll be less than 100. Why? Take the Canadian banking system, multiply it by 10, and you get what's, what should exist in the United States. Doesn't the Canadian banking system, though, if you're looking at it just in, in its, by itself, yeah. it, it, the, the structure of it, I feel like it limits... Um, creativity it limits innovation you know like when, when i look at the way our stuff is structured and i just look at the technology platforms that yeah. we have access to as canadians here okay. because of the banking system because of all the regulations that keep them on top they don't have to do anything and a lot of the stuff that we have to use through our bank it's pure shit okay like it's it's comical some so, of the stuff that we have to use and i guess yeah, that's you're referring to some point. of the systems in here we have to use to yeah just well look 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 here's and that's my here. frustration point and 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 on the consumer side the web banking's finally gotten a little bit i mean it's 10 10 years the web late. banking now half decent. pretty good but compared to some of the financial products through some of the firms that they have available in the US even through like uh, you know Chase like through their credit card systems and stuff like that where they can create multiple kind of uh, mm-hmm. multiple virtual credit cards for recurring payments and stuff we don't get access to any of that stuff and a lot of it's good it's good well it seems good innovation. but it's probably very risky okay so look there's three major risks in any bank okay there's credit risk which is the risk when you make loans that the lender, the, the borrower doesn't pay you back. There's interest rate risk when you mismatch your assets and liabilities, which is essentially what brought down the um, uh, First Republic Bank. They mismatch their assets and liabilities. And then there's operating risk, okay? And operating risk includes things like the systems breaking down. So they design all these things and these things can break down from an operating perspective, and then it can also expose you to risks that otherwise you wouldn't be exposed to, right? Things happen more quickly. Listen to this though. One of the biggest risks that face the Canadian banking system, and I've this is because I used to work at TD and I'm still in touch with some of the higher echelon at TD. This is a guy that doesn't work there anymore. I'll just dox his first name is Patrick, okay? Patrick, who is one of the highest ranking officers at TD says, you know what our biggest risk was? COBOL. 
when the when the engineers that actually still know COBOL die, we're done. Because <laughs> the yeah. system is held yeah. together by COBOL. I used to work on those systems okay. when well, I was at RBC okay. on front. And maybe you're going to turn around and be one of the guys that can rescue that system. But it's held together by... They don't want me in there. Okay, but, here's the, but you guys yeah, get it. I get it. it. Like, it's just a JCL, huge job operation. control language submitted to COBOL okay. to run I these think, programs. I think that's my point. That's that's what I'm coming from. Okay, it's that's the same thing. It's got to be the same thing in the United States. But this is one of the risks of the banking system that, that nobody... That technology understood. is... It was ancient. It was ancient and it's in the It's in the basement of 350 front street or you don't know you this know. one of our cousins at the year 2000 stuff he oh, knew yeah. COBOL so well he started traveling around the world for top dollar because banks around the world were yeah. using COBOL yeah. he just named his price okay I don't know if he's still into it we should I'm actually sure. reach yeah, out yeah. to him because he's going to be able to name his price again oh well, he'll die he's one, uh, but he's yeah. going to die yeah. unfortunately yeah, I hate he's to actually, say it like he's like, older than us <laughs> okay so like here's the risks okay guys let's let's not call Armageddon but the reality is banking let's bring it back to the you know to the base layer um, banking is extremely risky. What is, so what are some of the other conversations that you're having with people that you don't have to dox anybody, but are just catching your attention right now, either in the banking sector, in the Bitcoin world, mm-hmm. skiing anywhere? What conversations are you, you're having some conversations somewhere that All the people time. don't know. Yeah. yeah. What are some that are really interesting to you or that stand out that you want to talk about right now? I haven't prepared you yeah, for no, this, so I apologize. It's all good. No, no, this isn't. So one of the things that you find, um, and I mostly get this from guys like Jeff Booth, who, who, um, he's way more professional than I am. People feel way more comfortable reaching out to him uh, than they do to me, which is cool because I actually don't want to talk to too many people. But at the end of the day, uh, you both serve a purpose, though. Yeah, you yeah, both yeah, are yeah. necessary. Yeah. So Jeff uh, will tell me and then I become and he'll introduce me to people and I'm like, holy God. Yeah, this guy's a Bitcoiner like and, and you can't dox them. Yeah, got but it. the reality is when you meet them, you're like, this is awesome. I just wish you would come public, you know? Oh, wow. And yeah, so I, I and, and look, I'm not trying to say I see all these things. It's just how about we keep it at that level where you say you'd be surprised some of the people that are Bitcoiners that can't say that they're Bitcoiners because it would look far too conflicted within their regular. Uh, I don't know if you saw last night, Boo, Jeff Booth and Balaji went back and forth on, oh, neat. on Twitter. Huge threads, no. long threads like this. They're okay. going to do a podcast together apparently to kind of work through some of the all right there were differences not very like not they weren't look i love what balaji did look the reality is i would have taken the bet meaning even though i wanted him to be right i would have bet a million bucks because that's good risk management okay because but it doesn't mean that he was wrong in laying out i just felt the odds were in my favor that it wouldn't be achieved but i couldn't say with 100 percent certainty it wouldn't be achieved because if the regional banking system truly melted down like he was predicting maybe bitcoin would have gone to a, a million bucks Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful what you wish for. And like, and, and by the way, for him to bet a million dollars is sort of like you and me betting like a couple of hundo, right? Like not even thousand, a couple of hundred yeah, 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 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's, it's like. He can handle it. He can. I'm pretty sure he finds it in his seat cushions at his house if he had to. Right. So like it's, 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 he tried to make the point rather than uh, win the bet. And I sort of like his style. All right. Cause that's what opens eyes. Mm-hmm. It opens people's eyes and you get these guys running around. He's an idiot. He, people, you missed the point. Yeah. The amount of engagement and the amount of uh, uh, eye opening uh, 
commentary it brought to the space was beautiful. And I hope Jeff Booth was defending that. And look, Jeff and I don't always agree on everything, although I would hate to not agree with Jeff because I'll turn out to be wrong. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't always agree with everybody. I find myself always going back to the premise of his book because it just answers so much the way he described what's happening. I I got a question for you. Uh, In your career, you know, trading or, you know, dealing with credit, what made a successful person in that career? So you were in it for a long time. Uh-huh. I'm sure you saw people come and go. Yeah. What were the personality traits of someone who could survive on a floor? Yeah. I don't know if you were on a trading no, no, floor. Sure. Where yeah. You were, yeah, well, no, I was in a trading What are the personality yeah. traits of that type so of I've person? So I've tried to describe it. Um, first of all, and this is my dig at Peter Schiff all the time, is like when the information changes, change your investment position. Okay. Uh, Peter Schiff never changed his investment position on Bitcoin. Uh, He was introduced to it when it was 10 bucks. If he had put 1% of his gold portfolio in Bitcoin as a hedge, that 1% position would be up 300 times from where it is currently. Okay. Meaning, uh, sorry, that's only 3000 bucks. It would be up 3000. No, yeah, 30,000. It would be up 3,000 times. So that 1% would have turned into a 30-fold return on his portfolio. Okay? Can you guys I mean, understand don't even get me thinking about so that. He's yeah. got a horrible performance because his fees are so egregious. If he had just put 1% of his portfolio in Bitcoin and not touched it, that entire portfolio would be up 30-fold. Did, did you find yourself in your career? Okay, so can I yes. describe? Okay, so... He didn't change his thesis. He's a knucklehead, okay? You don't change your thesis, they wheel you out. So what have I seen on a trading floor? I've actually seen a guy get wheeled out physically on a gurney because he had a heart attack on the trading floor, okay? I've also seen fistfights because one guy on the same trading floor- I believe it. One guy is, one within the institution, they're matched because one guy is long Long, something and one guy short something. So for the institution, it nets out. I shouldn't laugh, but but that's- No, no, but this is, it's like the jungle, right? Okay, so what do, okay. So here's here's my compliment. So by the way, we met a very sweet young lady that works with you guys, uh, Sonia, not gonna dox her because I don't even know her last name. But uh, look, what makes a really good trader? I hate to say it, women. Because men are too headstrong. Yeah. And women sometimes, I'm not saying there's not headstrong women, but the best traders I ever met on Wall Street, women, hands down. Because they go with the flow, okay? They realize that it's the chair that makes money, not the person, okay? So there's an old expression, show me the flow, I'll make you some dough. Meaning, if you know an account that's a massive account, and they've given you a sell order, and all of these little minnow buyers come in, guess where the price is going? Still going down. Even though you attract all these minnows, look, yeah, okay, sold to you, sold to you, sold to you, sold to you. Holy shit, where is, oh, it's a whale, okay? And all you idiot minnows, and then what do the idiot minnows turn into? Oh my God, there's a whale out there. Okay, sell, sell, sell. So then it starts to accelerate. So then, the uh, the JP you know, I'm going to say the JP Morgan trader, but the kind of reminds what, me of the regional banks. Well, right no, no, now. no. But J, so the best lady trader I ever knew was at JP Morgan. Okay, so we'll leave it there, and she would just play the market like a fiddle. And everyone's like, 
oh, she's so nice. She's a lady. And she's so nice. <laughs> and that she's just ripping your face off, okay? And ripping <laughs> your heart out. And so, look, that's fine, you know? And then, okay, so, and then now going forward over the next 10, 15 years, what do you think you're trying to share with your kids? Not that you're talking about it or younger generation of the skills they would need to survive through this next period of, I don't know if it's finance or yeah, life. Well, let, let's take Jeff Booth, okay? So there's going to be 100 years of change in the next 10 years. 100 years worth of change in the next 10 years. Do you think I have any clue mm. what the world's going like to look like in 10 years? If you think you do, you're wrong. Yes. Like, open your mind to the fact that you just can play probabilities. You have to. So here's a good one, okay? I predict that plumbers are going to make 10 times the money of investment bankers in 15 years, okay? Because investment bankers will be, uh, or how about investment research analysts or lawyers, okay? Because lawyers will be replaced by chat GPT for whatever you call that thing. And plumbers, you still need someone to fix your house and you need someone that works with their hands that's smart. And it's difference of physical labor versus something that can recreate it uh, digitally or whatever. You okay, still need so, someone to clear the shit out of the toilet. Okay, <laughs> okay, so that's fine. So look, everyone wants to work on Wall Street? Fuck you, you stupid Ivy League cucks, okay? And I can say that because I went to an Ivy League school. You're wasting your money, all right? You will become redundant, and the people that will succeed will be the tr craftsmen and the tradesmen. Yeah. Women, yeah. tradesmen men and tradeswomen. Yeah, our team here is using chat GPT and some of the visual stuff. And I know people at universities that I don't want to name any names, but are yeah. writing essays with it and getting like 80%. Well, they have, a, they have 80%, but then they have, a, they have a, a checker, right? As to whether you've used chat GPT. Yeah, but, I, but I think they've already adapted to, they it's know all, how to. Look, 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 they're one step ahead of the professors as they always are. And you're paying, you're paying a lot of money for this education. I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But going to school is a riot. <laughs> it's a riot you, because what do you do? You go, you have fun, you yeah. meet people. That's the most important thing is the interaction. Yeah, I think that, and I try to tell everyone, I think the education coming out of there is not really the information itself. It's the ability to research. It's the ability to time think critically, time, time management, management, going out to the bars and having fun, but also handling the exam that 100%. you might have two days from now. Hundred so percent. There are some skills coming yeah. coming out of that. Um, what? Uh, who are who are who are people not following on Twitter that they should be following? Right now, you mentioned um, D++. Yeah, D++. Well, she's just more of a programmer, um, but she's brilliant. She, her tweet today that blew me away, uh, she said, there's no such thing as blockchain technology. Now, let's, let's decompose what that means. There's only one use of a blockchain. It's called Bitcoin. Any other Agreed. blockchain technology that JP Morgan promotes can be done more efficiently with a centralized database. Okay. Full You're stop. To the choir. I used to okay. work at Oracle. Okay. I don't know good, if you know. Good. Like, yes, this you is told me so. Then just write that on your forehead <laughs> and go around and just tell people this is what I bring to the party. Okay. There's no such thing as blockchain technology. There's only one use of blockchain and it's called Bitcoin. Anything else, you're being gaslit. Okay, because you can do it more efficiently with a centralized database. 
it drives me out. There was somebody sitting right where you're sitting in, coming from traditional finance in Toronto. They've done really well. They sold a finance company right before the yeah. big sell-off. They were sitting here, Nick, do you remember? And I was like, blockchain technology is is a day you can do with all these other Correct. altcoins stuff in a database Correct. better than Cent- you're Because it's now. centralized. He sold all, he left here, sold everything right before the big dump off. Okay. So uh, he was then going to go put it all in Bitcoin. I don't know if he ever did. I can't wait to meet him next. Okay. Um, but so I, D plus plus. So, okay. So yeah, shout out to, to her. Um, and, uh, but no, who are people like, you know, do you know who Luke Broyles is now? This young Now kid? I yeah. do. Yeah. I met him. him? I've, one thing I really like to do is try and meet people in person before I, I, I vouch for them. Mm. Uh, so I've met Luke Broyles. I love Jason Lowry. That brings me a little bit of hate mail. I'm fine with that guys. You don't have to agree with me. I just think he's brilliant. I've read his book 400 pages. It's brilliant but it's not an easy read um so we're talking that's the the book that's uh, i know i have it i'm about a third way through it the the premise of the books but i I, okay so the guy is amazing but most people are following him here's someone who you are gonna follow okay i'm predicting a young kid who i've met that i'm gonna meet down in miami i haven't met yet but his mom reached out to me he's 13 years old and his Twitter handle is Gen Z, so G E N capital Z, four, and then the letters B T C. Gen Z four B T C. Okay, and he wants to orange pill Generation Z, Gen Z or Gen Z. Uh, I know his name. I won't dox him yet. I'm going to meet him in Miami. I'm going to me- introduce him to some of the big, uh, big uh, hitters. Uh, Jeff Booth, uh, Natalie, get ready. Um, we're going to, this kid is going to orange pill Gen Z uh, because he's sick of the education that his generation is getting by TikTok, where you get these influencers that, you know, uh, are spewing all sorts of garbage and he wants to change that. So his mom reached out to me. Um, she lives in uh, Florida. They're going to drive to Miami. I'm going to meet with him. Awesome. And I'm hoping somehow to integrate his uh, vision into the Looking Glass Education uh platform that I'm part of Uh, who knows but I predict this kid is someone that you're going to be following more more uh, closely looking glass education are you guys still adding content there oh it's crazy so we uh, we got uh, me premier of Bitcoin in El Salvador is absolutely exploding in popularity so that's part of looking glass education that's why ski without in whistler 2 is seb bunny right so when i go skiing there's a we sit around and we talk on the chairlifts literally we talk about looking glass and like he's he's running a great uh, great platform what's your latest thinking on el salvador and they're just the, the way they've handled. did you see what they did today no. or what, what bukele tweeted around that uh, fitch upgraded them oh no yeah I- now fitch fitch is uh smaller smaller there's two big ones moody's and s&p but fitch matters the point is the trend of credit upgrades and uh bukele uh, is celebrating as he should well done mr president you are changing the lives of people and so i think that uh the momentum is just continuing um you know that uh, that James Lavish, Larry Lapard, myself, Mark Moss, Swan, or Corey Clipston, uh, and David Foley, who is Larry's investment partner now, um, we're starting this thing called the Bitcoin Opportunities Fund. Hmm. Well, one of the things that we would have taken a look at if we had been managing money uh, a year ago would be buying El Salvador bonds. And they've done better than Bitcoin, okay? So 
Uh, I know that. Yeah, it's just different ways of earning returns in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Is that fund operational now? Like you, we just start. We just closed our first round. Uh, and we will start making investments this month. Open to Canadians or no? Open to anybody that is an accredited, accredited. investor. Um, and um, yeah. Hmm. Um, are you were down in El Salvador. I went there. What makes Greg Foss happy right now? Skiing? I love skiing. I love surfing. I'm no good at surfing anymore. I need to stand up paddle surf. I, I'm too fat to get off the board and, and pop up like a cork. But uh, I surfed in El Salvador, not very well. Um, but I was out in the lineup with the guys. Um, I love meeting the young kids. I actually ran into uh, Francis Pouliot just on the beach in El no. Salvador. I swear to God. He's like, hey, Foster. And I'm like, yeah, what you? you know, two Canadians hanging out on the beach in uh, <laughs> That's why we don't know him. I just know yeah, he's, he's a, a bull man. Bitcoin. Great the guy. founder yeah, of bull good, Bitcoin. Good man. Smart, smart and sharp as attack, right? Right. So, um, uh, what, what's your take on, um, uh, no, I just want to dig into that actually a little bit more mm-hmm. before I ask you the, you know, cause you see everything going around the world. It can get a little overwhelming. I think sometimes you've been through a lot. Um, you, what do you, it's the skiing that keeps you happy. I'm just oh, trying no, to no, figure no, you okay, out. Cause you guys have, no, you know, I've wrestled with some uh, mental, uh, mm-hmm. health issues because, uh, managing risk for 30 years is a, is a pressure cooker. So, um, I need to, uh, have release valves. It's always been, um, exercise and, and, and I love nature. So skiing's cool. Uh, surfing I'm no good at, but, uh, I've surfed all over the world. I've almost drowned in a couple of places, which, uh, don't get yourself oh, those, uh, into those situations. I mean, I like, uh, I just like being outside. Um, I like talking with people. What I really like is meeting young kids that are going to change the world. And I think I'm doing that in the Bitcoin community. Um, you know, I say young kids, I mean, Jason Lowry, he's going to change the world. People like it or not. All right. And yeah, he wears a military uniform and that's cause you know, I'm, I support the armed forces. Okay. Why? Cause they actually most of the time defend freedom. And that's what I'm all about. Uh, so look, I call him a kid, even though I can, because I'm twice his age, but he's not young by kids standards, but he's still going to change the world. Luke Broyles, this kid who's uh, Gen Z for BTC, he's only 13. Uh, think about how much people oh have in front of them, uh, especially if we understand that in the next 10 years, the next decade, we'll see a hundred years worth of change. So I hope I think to be my, my daughter's 17. All she really knows is to save in Bitcoin. Just well, think she's 17. That's pretty, so she's, that's pretty she's lucky. She's right? over a year, I guess over two years. So since she was what, 15, all she knows is your savings go in Bitcoin. Wow. Trying to teach her stuff. I have a pretty cool thing that we'll talk about. It's okay. I'd save okay. Bitcoin. Okay. Do you, are you good for, do you have to take off? No, no. Oh. I just was saying there was something, uh, this headline that just came Oh, tell, tell us yeah. about it. Carl Icahn is being investigated for, uh, uh, by federal prosecutors. If people don't know who Carl Icahn is, uh, uh, he's a famous investor in the USA, but, uh, yeah, Carl Icahn's company stock tumbles after prosecution seeks. What? That's crazy. I mean, this is a little bit a short seller Hindenburg research earlier this month, but they're saying that he's inflating the value of his, uh, Anyway, that's I never can good. see what you've that's done for thirty good. years to manage stuff. When headline, can you imagine being in a position and a headline like well, that? You comes have to act immediately. immediately. Well, that, it's it's too late to act when that. Yeah, headline, it's over. It's it's just like okay, you better be positioned or yeah, you know, yeah somebody yeah, eat your lunch. Yeah, yeah. I I remember one time. Here's a funny trading story for you. Um, it was right around Christmas time, and I was one of the largest traders of Rogers Communication debt. Um, 
in in the world okay because rogers ted rogers you may not may or may not know this was the largest high yield borrower not just in canada but in the world okay ted rogers was the largest high yield borrower in the world he had four billion dollars of debt outstanding which doesn't sound like a lot in today's day and age but at the time it was the largest borrower in the world and he built a world-class cable and wireless company on the back of the u.s primarily the u.s high yield lender but i was working for td securities and one of the things we were trying to do is change his borrowing to be Canadian dollar denominated. We wanted domestic lenders to Rogers Communications, which makes sense since all the Canadian guys owned the equity. Wouldn't you think they'd invest in the debt? I've told you this story. Right? One of the guys wouldn't buy the debt because it was too risky. I'm like, dude, you own $900 million of the common stock and you think the debt is too risky? And basically the salesman had to hit the key and get me off the line because I was about to call that. Well, I did call the guy uh, the most foolish investment manager <laughs> I've ever met in my life because, you know, you, or, you own a subordinate claim and you're telling me that the debt is too risky to buy at any price. But okay, going back to that, it's right around Christmas time. And the CEO of TD Securities brings in the Salvation Army Band to play Christmas carols on the trading floor, okay? And my desk happened to be very close to where the Salvation Army Band uh, uh, set set up, but I didn't know they were the Salvation Army. But okay. oh, shit. so then, what did you just listen? Oh, listen, listen. That afternoon. It was a Friday afternoon, some rating agency downgrades Rogers Communications, okay? Right as the headline comes across, the band starts playing in the trading floor, okay? And Don, Don I won't dox him, but you can see who the CEO of TD Securities was at the time, is standing there and he's like playing on the band. And I turn around, I go, Don, uh, his last name was Wright. Don Wright, who the fuck are these guys? Jesus Christ. And then my trading partner looks at me and he goes, everyone goes quiet because I use the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> I didn't know they were the salvation. Nobody told me they were a religious organization. Don Wright goes like, Foss, I'm going to fire your ass on, on Monday morning. And I'm just like trying to react to a headline and I can't get on the phone to talk to anybody because the Salvation Army band is playing right next to my phone, you know? So anyway, Don Wright and I worked it out. He didn't fire me. Um, and anyway, that's the sort of thing. Friday afternoon, you think, everything's going to be fine and then a rating agency downgrades your largest position in your trading book i owned hundreds of millions of the dollars the stress of that to handle that year after year is just yeah well that's why so i've mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. time yeah when you I, can yeah. see it it's just a pressure yeah, yeah yeah but it's you learn to react pretty quickly you also learn to to have to have release valves and you try not to get too far over your skis you realize your best trade is a sale if you are in a position or an unwind you don't try and hedge and wedge yourself just get out of the trade you're in mm -hmm. rather than saying okay i'm long this stock i'm gonna or bond i'm gonna sell another bond short sell another bond because they're in the same industry and i'm gonna try and hedge it that way mm -hmm. no the best thing you can do is find a buyer for your position even if it's down a, a meaningful amount just hit the bid and then move on mm -hmm. and it's 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 just how you survive so you guys have heard me say this all i bring to the table is 35 years of mistakes okay and it's how you respond to your mistakes 
that allow you to survive, not how you respond to your victory. Okay, so the inflation number in the U.S. just came out. Mm-hmm. What do you think people are making mistakes are on that? Well, on look, that inflation compounds. If you're celebrating a five percent inflation or a four point nine percent inflation rate after it was at eight percent last year, what's five percent on top of eight percent? It's more than thirteen percent. You knuckleheads, can you just please understand how mathematics works? <laughs> and and like I just I'm sick to my stomach about these you know math tards out there and people that'll get snowed even by Biden has no clue how to do math okay I'm I'm, I'm 100% convinced of that because you know we have an idiot prime minister in Canada who admits he's scared of math as well well you should not be the CEO of a country if you're scared of mathematics well, that's what we got. Do you, see, do you think over the next six months we see the official inflation rate uh, come down to the point where it surprises people? Maybe, but it's too late because it's already inflated at 9% plus 5% plus 4% yeah. plus yeah. 3% plus 2%. I, over that period of time, you're offside even e- easily 25% compounded. Mm-hmm. Guys, don't that's you what get people it? Just, they don't get that it's compounded. Yes. They don't get that the four or five percent is on top of the eight percent. They don't. They Correct. don't see that. Unfortunately, it's not like it's a prices are going down. It's just you know a slowdown of the increase, yeah. which is I- insane. I'm just wondering if inflation comes down enough that it changes the expected policy. But because like, a lot Maybe, of people are but telling you're me, overthinking it. You're just overthinking. It's too late already. Mm. People, it's. I guess that's what I think that it is too late. I'm just trying to poke holes in my own thinking. Okay, you've always got to question yourself, but um, look, um, all paths lead to Bitcoin. Look, there's a lot of positive things that come out of this, and the most positive thing is the following thank God that there was a person or group called Satoshi that developed uh, this beautiful technology and store value over 14 years ago during the last financial crisis that puts us in a better position as a group of investors and savers and parents to survive this one. Mm -hmm. You know how you say we're not ready for a a financial crisis and Bitcoin's not ready? Um, I I guess the, Greg, the only kind of thinking I have on that is like, it might not matter. They're like, there could, you and I both know know there could be a crisis that it doesn't matter who's ready. Well, uh, that being said, look, uh, yes, it is ready. Bitcoin's ready. I'm not sure the world is yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good be, way to say let's, it. Let's be that's careful. That's a good way to okay? say it. Okay, Bitcoin is 100% ready. Mm. The world is not. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, all right. I know, uh, Nick, I don't know if you had any anything else for Greg. I want to make sure he's on, on, on time. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just looking at the timer. It's like 41 minutes. If we wrap this up by a f- the 50-minute mark, that would be perfect. Just because oh, yeah, okay. people, people have... like, uh, here's what I love, um, that people actually care what I have to say. Uh, thank you for caring what I have to say. Um, well, I think you, sp- you speak very bluntly about things that people don't speak bluntly about. You know, most financial people will kind of dance around inflation stuff and it's all bullshit. It frustrates okay. me. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciate about you is how direct you are on mm-hmm. stuff. It's very clear for people. Okay. You know, my biggest thing going forward, I know you're, you're, you'll say I'm overthinking it. It's just, I'm kind of, uh, we're tied into the real estate market. No, I so I'm it. always looking at interest rates. Did you see Adam Back's response to my uh, inflation compounds? today no i didn't well look it up it'll give you comfort he what? he promoted uh, real estate why what did he say you read the tweet he basically said though that's why i'm in, i'm i'm recommending people buy real estate as well as bitcoin it's weird it's kind of like this weird dance you do like i just feel like somebody at that bitcoin meetup walked out of the office here and said hey it's a nice fiat machine that you ha- have here and uh, they meant it as a nice way they weren't yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. And yeah. i'm like yeah that's exactly kind of what it is here right. i just wonder um 
I, I, you know, I've heard you say it recently. I've heard someone like Jeff Booth say it recently as well as like when these uh, governments are just pushed to the max, how aggressively do they come after all asset okay, holders? Okay, true. It could be true. And you can't move your real estate like you want it to. But understand that there's still enough freedom loving people in the world that will rise up against that. Mm. I really, honest to God, you push the USA too far, the people who value the right to defend their property, there will be an insurrection. Mm-hmm. Guys, and half of the, did, here's an interesting, interesting. The Navy SEALs, probably some of the toughest warriors in the world, correct? And best trained. I know some people on the inside who say, you know, 90% of them are willing to defect and to protect, to protect the country. To, in the way they understand it, not the way some of the political leaders understand. That's just crazy shit. That's the kind of shit I would hear in other countries, not about the U.S. But I mean, that is normal that humans would react that way. What are what is a Navy SEAL? A Na- I don't know because I'm not one, but I can imagine it's somebody who has tremendous pride in their country and wants to defend freedom and uh, property for the world. Now, sometimes they're put into uh, missions that you know, you could question what was the true mission behind that, but that doesn't matter as an individual, what are they? And then if they're pushed too far because of things like, I'll throw this out because you had to get vaxxed in order to be a military, a Navy SEAL. Okay. Or you had to accept, be accepted, accept, acceptive of, uh, some of the woke tard, uh, shit that they want to bring into the military. If you don't agree with that, but you're still one of the most highly trained fighting machines ever to be known, well, if they go and form their own groups, I'll just say that. Can you, you know, imagine? I, I, I don't want it no. necessarily to no. happen. But that's something I don't want to imagine. Agree. Well, look, but well, they, they it's possible. all over the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see it everywhere. No, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see it everywhere. Probably in the in the Soviet bloc. You saw it more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's what caused the Soviet bloc to fragment more than anything too, right? Look, I, I'm not a huge fan of violence, but there are times when you have to stand up and fight. You know, we're, we're, the person we bought our condo off of in Croatia was in the war there in the 90s. And this guy was 21. He led a troop of 19-year-olds that did counterintelligence movements. They would try to go behind yep. enemy lines. This yep. is in the 90s. This is not that long it. ago. Yep. You meet these people and you see how proud they are to kind of defend the uh, principles that they live Correct. by. And you can you can see what they do. You can also see mentally what it does to them. Oh, look. Like, it, it tears them apart, Greg, like what they, what, what they go through. My dad. But see people. People in a country like that, like our cousin was a bus driver there, still just retiring from being a bus driver. He immediately went into the army and drove the the, 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 the army trucks to get the troops to different places. Right. We know guys at the start of that war that stood on mountaintops in that area of the world. They had one gun mm-hmm. between 20 of them mm-hmm. that they had to share wow. and they were facing tanks coming it. at them, yeah, but yeah. they were willing to stand out there Crazy, with right? one gun. No, I get it. Not And yeah. to talk to these guys and to see what they were doing. So you you can easily see what would happen in a place like America when people feel like their principles are being challenged mm-hmm. and what they stand for and mm-hmm. if they're trained, what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I know these aren't pleasant conversations, but it's you reality. see it around the world. Mm-hmm. Like this is how people react. Well, I just go back to my granddad who fought in both world wars. And I think I've told you guys this on your podcast, um, that he was awarded the order of the British empire, right? One of the highest medals of honor for, uh, bravery. And, uh, 
you know, I know there's some dark things he never talked about with his kids, but one of the things he did instill in us kids was stand up for what you believe in. Don't uh, understand the commitment he made to defend freedom and please defend that honor. You know what I mean? Like he's a young kid. He's uh you know, flying over Italy at age 21, uh, his life can end any day. And, you know, I've told you those stories. Uh, it's not easy. And yet everyone takes freedom for granted. Freedom is not free. And we need to understand that there's been tremendous sacrifices in the world on behalf of people who are trying to defend freedom. Then you could say, okay, is the USA overreaching and trying to suppress? Yes, there's potential of that. I don't want to bring it up, but I do believe dovetailing this nicely with uh, Jason Lowry's research, uh, Bitcoin could actually stop wars, okay? And that's a beautiful thing too, because nobody needs wars, nobody. I want to switch topics just a little bit here. What, the, just because it's hit the, the you know the Bitcoin world, a, a uh-huh. little, what's your take on some of the you know mempool stuff with the ordinals yeah. and transaction fees? I'm not smart enough to tell you, but Sailor thinks it's a good thing. Other people that I love, uh, wicked smart Bitcoin, uh, thinks it's a bad thing, but that it'll play out because these uh, 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 meme tards or peppy peppy dudes or whatever they're spending their own money, mm-hmm. and eventually that'll run out. Like anybody who does an economic calculation will say, well, look, you want to blow all your money, we'll take your money. And then when your money's gone, the problem's gone. And who gets the money in the short term? The Bitcoin miners, which makes our system more secure and more robust. That's how I feel about it. At this point, I feel No, but there's more there to it too. When you block the, you know, you get all these BSV guys and Bitcoin Cash guys saying, oh, you see, Bitcoin doesn't work. You can jam up the mempool. Okay. I promise you Bitcoin will be stronger because of this. And then you get UDUTs out there. That's UD Wertheimer. I call them UDUTs. Okay. Like he's, he's proud to bring uh, Bitcoin down. He's, uh, he's just a, he's a narcissist and a, and a failure. So we, oh, yeah, and I pay no attention to people like that. Uh, unfortunately he has a following and it's, so you just have to understand that this makes Bitcoin stronger over time. And uh, I believe we'll get through it. Um, uh, I, I, I'll say it this way. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, store value on the most secure uh, blockchain in the world because the fees are too high. Uh, I don't think so. OK, where do you think you're you'll be living? Is Canada going to be a home for you 10 years from now or do you think you'll be spending more? Not time likely. Yeah, I, I think I'll be in the United States. You'll think it'll be the mm-hmm. U.S. Mm-hmm. And why the U.S.? Uh, basically, because I have two homes there, so um, it's, it's just it's yeah, it's easy. It's, it's easier, um, you know. I'm. Uh, uh, I hope the U.S. will be inviting of me. Um, you know, I'll probably have to start with a work visa and then uh, work myself up. But uh, if not, then maybe who knows? El Salvador. It'll be tough to get my wife to move to El Salvador, but uh, Florida's not uh, not uh, is, is a beautiful place. She didn't go on that trip with you to El Salvador. No, the only place she's come. Um, and she is going down for Natalie Brunel's uh, Women in Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. You said lunch that. You didn't the, hear uh, this. Yeah. At the, at the Miami Bitcoin conference. So in, in a week, uh, so we're Wednesday. So next Thursday, eight days from now, uh, Natalie is uh, doing a uh, Women in Bitcoin lunch, which is fantastic because the women in Bitcoin need more. Um, uh, first of all, they're fantastic, but they also need to, uh, to get more uh, exposure. And not that my wife and daughter are going to do anything to increase the exposure. I just hope they 
relish the experience. So they're coming down for that. They're not even going to the conference. Um, where, how did that question come up? Just where are you going to live? Uh, so my, oh, sorry, my wife, the only thing, the only conference my wife came to was, um, go ahead. It's all good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, The only conference my wife came to was the Edinburgh conference in Scotland. Yeah. And that was amazing. All right. And she had our moms from just South of there. We've never been embarrassing. I'll tell you, it was amazing. Um, I'd go back in a heartbeat. The guys over there did an amazing job. So shout out to Jordan and Jim. Uh, they're doing their best. And, um, you know, we were criticized, Jeff Booth and I were criticized because, oh, those guys were shit coiners before, but they promised they'd only be Bitcoin. And this was an amazing Bitcoin conference, Bitcoin only, far more Bitcoin than the Bitcoin conference in Miami that does have inklings of shitcoin. Um, but here's what I do know as well. I met Bitcoin Ollie. Do you guys know yeah, who Bitcoin Yeah, why do I know Ollie? Bitcoin Ollie? Well, she, uh, I said she, uh, Without doxing her anymore, Bitcoin Ollie is not who you think Bitcoin Ollie is. And I'll leave it at that. And I, I, I texted, I DM'd with, again, her, <laughs> I DM'd with Bitcoin Ollie today. And I said, please, Bitcoin Ollie, when you are ready to be doxed, let me be the person that does it. Okay. By the smile on your face, I can't wait. You to have no that. idea how cool yeah. this is going to be when yeah. this happens. Really? Yeah. It's not that, that, again, she is anybody famous. It's just she's a beautiful person and doing some amazing work uh but she chooses not to uh, come and you're at the canadian bitcoin conference yeah you guys uh, too yeah, 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 yeah what how's your family hit you're traveling a lot on behalf of bitcoin like mm-hmm. you're kind of serving people by spreading this message how's your family handling all this time they just think this uh, is sometimes it's good right my wife uh, gets rid of me so yeah but uh, i'm also, kidding i'm kidding but i well, maybe feel like not. it's found you a purpose um uh, look I, I i was passionate so i talked to one of my good friends yesterday who was one of uh, my first clients as a high yield bond trader, he was the first Canadian high yield bond account in Canada. His name is Doug Knight from Dean's Knight Capital Management out in uh, Vancouver. We just chatted yesterday. He goes, I saw your Kitco news. Uh, uh, That's right. I thing. can't believe you were on Kitco. Yeah. And he goes, I loved it. He goes, you talk about Bitcoin like you used to talk about high yield bonds. He goes, your passion has brought you back. And I said, thank you, Dougie. And he's a, just a solid man who actually has invested in Bitcoin um, and we just trade war stories. So yeah, just talked talk with Dougie yesterday. How was the bailout handled for um, Credit Suisse? Weren't the... the uh, yeah, the bondholders got smoked. Yeah, it was so, just so they, what's your take on that? Because that again, goes against some of your thinking. Well, no, no? it's just against. It's just like if you're an AT1, which stands, stands for alter, alternative tier one capital holder in the form of bonds, you better get rewarded for the risk because the risk can bite you real quick. And that was just a orchestrated... Uh, fleecing of the bondholders so that they could force this uh, this uh, merger through because the guys that they needed to convince owned the equity. They were the shareholders, the senior management of Credit Suisse. We have to leave you with some residual value in your equity, so we'll just write off these bonds. You know what freaked me out the most, and so I, I, I just want your take on this, in the UK gilt market when it went kind of crazy in yep. the last fall, yep. there was a moment, there was like a 24-hour window where it was like Blackstone or BlackRock, whoever was managing some of that stuff said, we are going to sell everyone to cash, like we're going to sell everything to cash unless the Bank of England comes and steps in here and provides some liquidity. Well, that's hilarious. We're going to sell but everyone you, to cash. Yeah, that's yeah. why I think it's hilarious. No, it's that, not even ha- funny. There was no bid. Sad. No, it's it, not. They, that, you can't sell if no one is a buyer. You, this is what freaks me out okay. about people who have Stop. some of the... Stop. Stop, stop, okay? It's people who don't understand how markets work. And guess who blinked? 
the Bank of England. They had they good had. work. They did not have to. Yeah. Okay. I see. They folded like a cheap tent. Yeah. Okay. But I think we'll continue to see them fold. Okay. Good. That means QE infinity. That means Bitcoin. I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done here. I got to go anyway. Foss, thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, Love boys. it, man. Thank yeah, you thanks so for much. Me. Thank thanks you. for having thank me. You. Thank right. you, man. Thank you. Right. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Greg. His Twitter handle, again, if you want to track him down, is at Foss, F-O-S-S, Greg Foss. So at Foss, Greg Foss. And if you're thinking of diving into the world of real estate investing in the greater Toronto and Southern Ontario area, you can find our introductory training class at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. We hold them about once a month, CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. Both Nick and I are there live. We go through the presentation we stick around and answer all sorts of Q&A afterwards. And uh, that is it for this particular episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.